Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom! It's time now for the Sports Objective Podcast. No talking heads, just guys who love sports. Here's Dave Richmond. Welcome into the Sports Objective. A very special night. As we know, we've been doing 50 Pirates in 50 Days. But Bubba, we have a very special show. Something we've been wanting to do for, what, a year or two now? But we've been wanting to do the show for, um, gosh, a year or two, at least a year. But I think it's closer to two years. Bubba and I have been talking about different programs and the historical part of um, the program and for people to know about uh, more than something that's happened in the last 10 or 20 years regardless of the sport and with us right now we have uh, I tell you what we're very excited Mike Radford I know and then we also have uh, other guys but uh, Mike thanks for coming on and I know um, we appreciate uh, all you guys did back in the day and I, I, I couldn't believe I knew the program I'll start off with this with you I knew the program was great but I didn't know how dominant you were. And that's why we should do these shows because I've always heard good things. You know, the wrestling team was, uh, was awesome and uh, amazing and, and stuff, but I didn't know the intricate details. And when he told me the record, uh, I was just blown away by how dominant you were in the SOCON. Yeah, it probably goes without saying that those uh, accolades were understated as history would have it and look back on it now, but allow me guys, those that are, are with us here now. As I was coming over to uh, where we're doing this podcast, coach called me and expressed a concern that he's had a few symptoms, minor symptoms that he's been researching. And he, and I quickly decided that he would, he did not belong out of the house anywhere of that nature. And so he's feeling, he's feeling fine. It's just something that everybody would, would make the exact same decision. So check in on him as, as we all, do hopefully, but he's he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, but it was just not something that any of us wanted to do to, to have him come over here tonight. That I think between the ten or fifteen or twenty of us that are here, we can share some great stories and laughs and so forth. That sounds fun, Bubba. Did you have a question? No, uh, for our viewers that are just tuning in, obviously most of the folks tuning in, uh, at least. At this point, uh, realize that that's Mike Radford, not Coach John Welburn. I guess maybe a uh, coach, or um, not coach, but um, uh, Jimmy Westmoreland had put that in there. So uh, we can edit. I can fix that. No, Bubba, will we know when others have joined from, from this perspective? Yeah, we, uh, we can definitely, well, we can uh, definitely add them in. Um, I know that one great thing is uh, StreamYard is actually uh, the software we use. We can have up to 10 people now, so we'll try to get as many as we can on with you guys. And this is your show. So one great thing that I learned in broadcasting last week, made 24 years I've been a part of broadcasting is that we just like ask questions and we sit back and let you guys reminisce because this is, uh, this is what you, you guys know about wrestling and we don't. So it, it's good for us to give you the platform to 
to get your name out there and they will always have this uh, the show archive where people if they want to know about EC wrestling they can they can listen to the show and watch the show for that matter and and Jim made a great point as we were preparing here, here tonight that um, will coach be able to see what what we do and say here and I said of course I said these programs are archived so we can get with coach as soon as possible and let him see these things and so forth so I'm I'm I'll do the best I can and, and then, you know, coach Welburn and, and, and this perspective. And it's not like we're talking to a bunch of, a bunch of folks that, uh, don't know about the accolades or the program in and of itself. But I, I, I still think that we can have some fun with, um, having someone come on and talk about how they found their way to East Carolina. Mike, my, what I would ask you uh, right off the bat, uh, since Coach Welburn, like you said, is unfortunately able to join us tonight, uh, just describe Coach Welburn to the viewers and that weren't part of the wrestling program. Just, uh, just give us an idea of what type of man he is and his character and uh, type of coach, all those sorts of things. Um, I, I have to do it from my my own perspective, and that was um, coming to East Carolina during the summer before I enrolled my freshman year. Um, for the orientation that all freshmen had to do at that time. And I was actually there in Greenville to join Coach Earl Smith's baseball team. It was a family connection there. But uh, I had done my day's stuff, and there was a guy that I knew from down in Jacksonville who came up to me and said, said uh, Mike, said, uh, Coach Welburn wants to talk with you about coming up for the wrestling team. I, I didn't know who Coach Welburn was, and Coach Welburn clearly didn't know me. But uh, – Whitey Martin said, I just visited with Coach, and Coach said, we can take any and all walk-ons. And uh, Whitey, down from White Oak High School, um, actually, and, and I've always given Whitey a, a, a good bit of credit for steering me to Coach Welburn's office that, that one afternoon. I, I went and knocked on the door. He, had, he invited me in, and the long and the short of it is, sure, Mike, we, we, we don't turn anyone away. Anyone that wants to join the program and try to wrestle here is welcome. Let me tell you that uh, you're probably going to have some t- tough afternoons as far as practice is concerned. He was right, but w- when you meet when you meet the man, um, you can just see you can see goodness, determination, and um, d- drive in as in as much as he didn't turn me away, but he also uh, made it real clear that if I did choose to come and and, and try to wrestle here. Um, it was going to be a, a tough road to hoe, and, and it was. And I I know a lot of stories from other guys and how they matriculated to Greenville, but I, it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, be bad to hear some of those things again. And if Tom Marriott is is available and, and can be uh, brought up, Bubba, uh, Tom's got a very interesting story, which goes back to World War II. All right. I, I don't see him in to let you get know right now, Mike. It's just you right now. I guess you and Jim are there, um, but I don't see other guys in the studio, so to speak, right now. But we uh, we definitely welcome them, and when they do, um, then we'll put them on for sure. Yeah, Dave. Uh, just a heads up, and obviously I'll be paying attention as well. But but um, Milt Sherman should definitely be joining us, and and also Ike. Uh, what's Ike's last name again, Mike? Sherlock. Ike Sherlock. All right. And uh, if we get Ike on here, he's the master storyteller. So he, uh, <laughs> he, he would be a great contributor. 
We had, uh, I like, uh, by the way, Mike, uh, got a comment here for you. It says Coach Wilburn is better looking than Mike. So from Whitey Martin. I, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, just because. Yeah, we have a lot of guys joining in. I guess Tom Marsh. Looks like Tom Marsh. Hey, Tom Marsh here. Uh, I guess he's using his wife's uh, Facebook. But uh, certainly glad to have uh, the wrestlers on. And um, Mike, can you talk about? Um, I know obviously you were not a. Uh, the program started was it sixty six? I know it was in the sixties, right? I think sixty five, sixty six was the first year with a coach named affectionately Goo Goo Gant. He was a professor in the uh, health and physical education department at the time. So then you guys came around in the seventies by then. What, when did uh, coach Wilburn uh, take over the program? That, that next year, I think 67 oh, okay. was his, was his first year in, in Greenville. Um, and he had a rather circuitous route in getting to Greenville as well. He was born and went to school himself through high school up in, at, at, in Boone. Um, High school state champion up, up at Appalachia, at Boone High School, and then went off to the war where he was in Germany and didn't do a whole lot of gun toting or fighting or anything, but, uh, that was kind of the, how he got back in, into the United States and he was able to maintain and continue wrestling while he was in the army. So when he came back, he was right prime to, to get back on the mat and be very successful as he was. And interestingly enough, his first foray in the college wrestling was at UNC Chapel Hill. Wow. So he started out with, uh, with the Tar Heels then, uh, with college. Yep. For a couple of years, um, they, they, uh, were, were trying to get a program started. And until recently, North Carolina wrestling was, was not as good as it should have been with the resources that, that they've had, but they're, they're a tremendous nationally ranked program as it is now. But yeah, coach was, uh, originally a wrestler, in uh, Chapel Hill at, at North Carolina. And one thing I wanted to chime in with, Dave, as far as Coach Welburn's concerned, uh, Coach Welburn's obviously an East Carolina Hall of Famer, um, in addition to coaching the wrestling program to that 94-14-3 record from 67 to 77. He also um, was the golf coach, uh, the men's golf coach from – I want to say, I'm trying to remember if it was 67 or 73, but it was about a six or seven year run there. And then also, um, later on, uh, he, he was, uh, I believe cross country coach and he spent 22 or 23 years as an uh, athletic administrator. So just a tremendous, uh, three plus decades that he's Carolina for John Welber. Um, Bubba, do you have Ike? Ike says he's gotten connected, but he but he uh, doesn't have the ability to, to respond. Yes, uh, I see somebody just joined just one moment, and I, I'll add him in. Michael Bunting is what I'm seeing now. Uh, I, M- Michael Bunting is a very interesting story. David, you can appreciate this with the knowledge that you have with East Carolina athletics and, uh, and all that goes on behind the scenes, but it was in the – Bunning is a very interesting story. David, you can appreciate this with the knowledge that you have with East Carolina athletics and, uh, and all that goes on behind the scenes, but it was in the article. Bunning is a very interesting story. David, you can appreciate this with the knowledge that you Dave? Yes. Oh, I'm he, sorry. He's got, he's got, I was going to tell you, Michael, if you can, 
if you guys can uh, turn that on, you've got, obviously, um, we're getting feedback. So you've got it on two sources or um, if you have a way to mute that, where that way we can only we can talk. So got it. Uh, done. Um, not you, not you. I'm talking about the other. I'm sorry, yep. uh, Michael. Here, yeah, so Mike, you- Mike uh, Mr. Bunning, that's the reason I removed you um, very quickly because we were getting that feedback. So check your tabs. Um, maybe you have. Like YouTube or, or another Facebook page. Yeah, in addition to clicking on the StreamYard link, uh, you must have uh, had a tab open for either YouTube or Facebook. I, I think we've got it, it settled now, uh, guys. A- everyone that's on here now, I'm relatively sure, knows the name Michael Bunning. Uh, David, but it's, take, I'm, I'm going to take you back to the late 50s and early 60s. Michael was a student over here at East Carolina got his degree and went, went back West to make his fortune and quite a fortune he has made. But in the process, he met, he met a guy named John Wellborn and liked him and liked what he was doing with the, with the ECU wrestling program and became, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know the best word, but he was a supporter uh, extraordinary for the East Carolina program. Coach didn't have a lot of money to begin with and, and he could always, Count on Mike Bunning to come up with a way to make things happen, and in many times, um, that 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 was how it got started. Mike was very and has always been very very interest, instrumental in in ECU athletics. Uh, many of you may not know that the track, the uh, running track and soccer field for decades was named Bunning Field, and un, until yeah, recently. Yeah. And so Mike's, Mike's a supporter at that level for East Carolina athletics. And this is not a person that wrestled or many other sports for that matter that, that does not owe Mike, Michael Bunning a huge debt wow. of gratitude for what he's done for East Carolina University on the whole and, and also the athletics. That's one of the great things about doing this podcast. We learn way more uh, every day. You think you know a little bit about something and you find out how much you really don't know. And that's great because I do remember bunting, seeing that name on there, but I didn't, now we can make the connection with the name with the man. Uh, very cool. We're going to, Hey, Bubba, you want to try to put him in again? Let's see if we can put him again. And then uh, maybe they, uh, they have that. Let's see if we can. Hey there. Hey there. Michael. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on, sir. Thank you so much for being on the Sports Objective, or as we're talking about the history of the wrestling program. And uh, thank you for being a supporter of my alma mater, which I'm one of the biggest cheerleaders. I love it because uh, they probably should have never accepted me into the university, and they did. And um, I'm forever indebted to the university for giving me the opportunity. Yep, me too. I tell you one thing, I didn't realize I was so ugly till I saw me on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I have to do, I have a face for radio. I've been doing this now for, I think we've been doing it since, uh, May. So we've been oh, doing it since May that we've been doing it on Facebook live and on, uh, YouTube mm-hmm. and uh, with social media, but a new way that we can add more viewers and listeners to our show and do great things like we want to do tonight to honor the wrestling program. My, my uh, Rad, yeah. Radford, Mike, this is Radford. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was coming over and coach gave me a ring and said he was not feeling quite well. 
And we immediately said it was probably not a good idea for him to come over and, and be out am- amongst, you know, the outside and stuff. So mm-hmm. we made the, we made the call for him to stay home. And I came over and we're going to, we're going to wing this thing. And the, in my, in my estimation, there's nobody better that can talk about how the evolution of wrestling in East Carolina got started than uh, the the uh, assistance that you have as well. So I, I'd like to hear all those stories that you've told us in the past. Like going to yeah. North Carolina and uh, winning every weight class at a tournament that I yeah. know you were there. Well, that was my proud, proudest moment in East Carolina University athletic history. When we uh, went up to Chapel Hill and won all 10 weight classes. Wow. And had two pirates, I forgot which two it was, uh, wrestled each other for the championship of the Carolina Collegiate uh, Wrestling Tournament. And I think really the, the really uh, now fun thing is after that match, they stopped doing at Chapel Hill the uh, North Carolina Collegiate Wrestling Tournament. Now, when John retired, they brought it back on. <laughs> so I thought that, that I'll tell you something, uh, me. But uh, I tell you, John is a – I got to know John, and I consider myself very fortunate. John succeeded because he worked hard. He had a lot of ambition, and he was a good man. And I'm very proud to have known him. And all the the guys on the wrestling team, all scattered over the United States now, uh, I don't know of a, a man or a professor that has as much respect from his players and students as John did, and he deserved every minute of it, but I can't can't say enough to honor the man, and I tell you, people just don't know, he had lived in an apartment with his, his wife and three children, and he didn't have recruiting money to say the least, to speak of. And when the, the players, a lot of, several of them stayed at John's house. In fact, I remember Chris th- uh, threatening to leave if he did get her a house where she had a bedroom. bedroom. So he did, and, but... Uh, he was very lucky to have Krista. Bless her heart, she was a very understanding person. And uh, unfortunately, Chris passed away very, very unexpectedly just a few years ago. It's been longer than that now. But uh, I can't say enough about John. He uh, He's just a credit to the to people, and particularly our university. 
I just wish that had we been able to a little do a little bit more for for him. I will tell you one funny story. We were at uh, down in Georgia for a tournament. I think it was the Southeastern. And uh, it was break time. And I was talking to the Florida coach. And we got to talking. And he said, I sure wish our chancellor would pay as much attention to us as yours pays toward you. And I'm thinking, what is he talking about? <laughs> what in the world is he talking about? come find out. I asked him, I said, he said, no, he told me, he said, you know, I only get $88,000 a year. I said, well, that's good. That's good. He said, I'm sure you get a lot better. I said, I really can't tell you right now. I think our budget, that's $22,000 <laughs> compared to 80, 88 or 86. But that's, that's the way it was. It's amazing. And John has done a wonderful job. And he's got some great people. I'll say one thing about the, his players. He, re, he recruited a lot of class people. And I'll even include Mr. Radford in that group. <laughs> but they were a good people. It's hard to look at them now. So some of them are 70 years old. <laughs> but Mike. I just Mike. want to say that people that are trying to uh, get on the player, former players, uh, give us an email. I mean, email us at the sports OBJ at gmail.com. We have that. I know there's some folks on YouTube and Facebook trying to get in. Uh, please email us the sports OBJ at gmail.com. And then Bubba and I can uh, bring you in. Uh, you still, you'll we'll get you a link, and we'll we'll bring you into the show. Uh, there's a few guys trying to get in, so uh, you can't. In other words, just come in from Facebook or from YouTube. You have to get a link into the show, right, Bubba? Right. Um, and the email address that Dave just said, thesportsobj at gmail dot com, is scrolling across the bottom of the screen as you see. Uh, so definitely reach out, and we'll be glad to add you into the conversation at some point throughout the night. Uh, Mike, we have a couple of questions from our viewers. Uh, Whitey Martin says, Mike, tell the story about how UNC's coach Lamb didn't want to invite East Carolina back to the UNC Invitational after we won every weight class the year before. The the uh, elder statesman, Mike, told that story earlier. Um, and, and everyone that's on the screen actually knows it, I would guess, but it, 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 it's as as Mike, Mike yeah. has said, um, the, at the caliber of tournament, which included every university in the state of North Carolina, one team does not almost ever win every weight class, which was, as, as a matter of fact, we had two guys that took second because they were wrestling teammates in that tournament. Oh, it was two? I two, thought I think, it was just one. I think it was two, Mike. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'll tell you what, that's so great. And then Tony Morris said, how about the number of wrestling graduates in the National Hall of Fame? Uh, Milt Sherman calling Milt Sherman. 
Milt, uh, Milt, Milt is the uh, ECU wrestling historian de jour mm -hmm. uh, and can tell you that the answer to that plus a lot of other questions. I'd, I'd love for Milt to really come on here because he's a, he's a great source. He sure is. <laughs> and Bubba, take yourself off mute. Mike, uh, Milt Sherman emailed me this afternoon saying that he was going to join. So if you would uh, maybe text him and see if you can see if he's having issues with the link or what's up because he planned on coming on. Uh, I'll do it. I wanted to ask Michael if, uh, as far as the beginning of the wrestling program, did you ever think the when the start program started, it would be this, uh, it was that dominant. It's amazing how, with a very little, you always hear all the time with uh, different programs that we need to put a lot of money into it. We need to put a lot of money into it. We need to do with this and we need to add all these amenities. And the wrestling program is a perfect example that didn't have the budget it probably deserved or could have, I guess, at that time. But yet the results speak for itself. How was it five straight uh, SOCON titles and the unbelievable um, dominating record that Coach Wilburn had? Well, one of the response to that. Dave is, and that's a, that's a great question. Was something you'd be interested in to learn is when you joined the program and you'd walk into the wrestling practice room for the first time, and then everybody, the wrestlers, keep coming, and and all of a sudden you say, "Wait a minute, we don't have room for all these people here." We probably had uh, twenty-five to thirty wow. on our roster at any time, and wow. Uh, when you had that many guys working out and, and as hard as we worked out in a room as small as we had with no windows, you'd have a, a, a natural temp temperature change. And uh, it was not hard for ECU wrestlers to, well, maybe I'll take that back. I did not struggle to make my weight, but there are a number of guys on here, I'm sure, that would argue vehemently that it, it, that room didn't do everything they needed to do to make weight. But uh our, our facilities weren't as good as many of, of the teams that we wrestled, but certainly we made the best of them. Isn't that the – yes, sir. Isn't that the exact way for any of us? Uh, that's exactly uh, what we do as Pirates, right? We don't have – I think Bubba told me we currently have a $43 million budget. We don't have – I know UNC's budget, I think, is $100 million, uh, but we always find a way to beat the ACC schools and other schools that, quote, unquote, which I hate – Power five, autonomous five, whatever. We seem to always, uh, we seem to always find a way to beat them. I don't, I don't, it, I think a lot of it goes back to what we've always said as pirates is that we've always done things athletically and probably academically for that matter with a chip on our shoulder. And I, it, who knows, maybe that chip is not up on our shoulders now collectively. Uh, but we can all hope that, uh, Mr. Gilbert and, and that, the administration on the other side of campus can get us going back in the right direction. And when all this stuff settles out with uh, COVID-19 and we can get back to being pirate fans, as we all know, I don't know how many of you did this, but today ESPN, you actually replayed the Peach Bowl from 1992. Wow. And you can never watch that in the latter quarter and not, and not get an overwhelming sense of pride. Dave, you probably were, 12 or 13 at the time, maybe no, I was, I was there at the peach bowl. I was actually a freshman in college. I transferred in my uh, sophomore year. I was a pirate fan at least McCray college up in the mountains. 
I was there. And as a matter of fact, I don't even know if the guys know the story, but I was actually invited by a state fan <laughs> and, uh, Another one of my buddy and I were pulling for East Carolina and we're the state section. I'll never forget that. So, uh, there was in the fourth quarter, I'm cheering really hard and there's a lot of state fans there were like just in shock and disbelief and really quiet. And there were even some that were very upset that, uh, Dick Sheridan went for the tie, um, to t- try to tie the game. Um, but I, I was definitely there and, uh, 18, uh, I was a few months away from my 19th birthday. So three months away from my 19th birthday, but I was definitely there and uh, definitely proud to be there and uh, also uh, 93 I was there with uh, we went to the tournament in basketball against North Carolina and Winston-Salem so two of the biggest moments in in modern day history for the Pirates I was there and um, hopefully I, I want to create more memories I don't know about you guys but hopefully we'll have more memories to create with uh, basketball football and baseball and other sports for that matter yeah I'll tell you excuse me when uh, we left the game after we won it in Atlanta. We got about, oh, 40 miles up the road back home, and we stopped at a rest area. And there were two carloads of state fans there, just hooting and hollering, having the best old time. And, uh, can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Okay, and they were hooting and hollering, and we couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. Finally, just went over and asked him, said, what's, what's going on? He said, you weren't at the ball game? I said, yeah. He said, that was some win for us, wasn't it? <laughs> they thought they won, and they had left early. <laughs> that was a highlight, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they knew they had won. Yeah, that was a good, good feeling. Oh well, Mike. Uh, just a moment ago, Dave mentioned that 1992-93 basketball team. So that got me thinking. Talk about the atmosphere. I know you've told me before, and just how crazy it got in the old Minjis, uh, where where the Pirates played basketball from the late 60s up through uh, the spring of 1995. So just just talk about the way those uh, old wooden bleachers were packed in and um, and rattling uh, during y'all's matches. The, that's that's a great question. Thank you for that, Bubba. Uh, the one picture that was on the uh, the uh, in the page that you put together advertising this has has a great background, and those those people were all sitting in those wooden bleachers, and you couldn't see wood because all those bleachers were filled. We wow. I'm, I'm probably guessing that there are, there were times when a basketball game had been played the night before in front of a sparse crowd when the next night or a couple of nights later, it would ECU be wrestling NC State or UNC or almost anyone else, but certainly those two. And there was anywhere from two to three thousand people wow. in the gym at, at that time. It was, it was just, it's like Mike talks about if you're an East Carolina fan and you can enjoy beating those folks up, up the road that we all know in the case of the uh, light blue, they did everything they could to prevent about eight miles from here. One of the great medical universities in the entire world from being reality. And that's something that as a 66 year old who was there with Leo Jenkins, I will never, ever, ever forget 
how they had tried to keep us underneath their thumb and thank God for Leo Jenkins because yes. he, he made it possible for that to happen and, and a lot of other things as well. And to keep our name, East Carolina University, what was that in 68, um, somewhere around there when they were trying to make us UNC at Greenville, I've heard. And I'm we still not- I guess we went to the university level. Yep, but he, he persevered, and we, all, all of us are, you know, we're being challenged now to persevere with our love and support as much as, much as we can. Um, Mike, so Mark, we, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, uh, we had in 1960, uh, or 61, I can't remember which, a panty raid. And all of us over in Jones' dorm, you know, I was a senior at the time. No way in the world I'm getting involved in that right here at graduation because it was springtime. Well, it started about 10 o'clock. And I mean, man, it went on. And sirens going off and everybody. And we kept encouraging the underclassmen, I'll go on over there, ain't going to bother you. Let's know what's going. None of us, all the seniors, they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, anyway, they went over there, and it was the darndest mess you've ever seen. I saw one run into a pine, a pine tree right in front of Jones' dorm. He was running as hard as you could run, and he was looking over his shoulder, and he went smacking to a pine tree that was about 14 inches or so in diameter. And you ever you see those cartoons Walt Disney, where they hit the tree and just slide down because knocked him out. That was what was going on. That We really had a good time. And that's how I met Dr. Jenkins. We had finished what, doing what we were doing out on the balcony and we came back in and after all the police got there. And you had to knock, knock on the door. There's Leo W. Jenkins. <laughs> I said, God, I'm going to jail for something. <laughs> he, Dr. Jenkins had on uh, London fog, bedroom shoes, and his pajamas. He says, I don't need this stuff. We got to exam or something in uh, Chapel Hill this week you know, for uh, coming years out allocation but anyway uh, Dr. Jiggle standing there he said son I said yes sir uh, he says he looked around and said you got a cigarette <laughs> yeah, I got a whole pack. <laughs> he said, I need a cigarette. <laughs> so he came in and sat down and we talked. He said, we need this stuff, you know, like I needed social disease. He said, all these people going to be redeemed. This is going to be in the paper. Because anything bad in Greenville always ended up in the Raleigh paper. Used oh, yeah. to. I don't know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's how I met 
Dr. Jenkins and got to spend some time with him later on. Man, I tell you what, thank God we had him at that time in our life. Because I don't know anybody else could have done it. It's just like becoming a university. You know, I don't know if you know the story of that. But the reason we started pushing for a uh, uh, university status rather than college, we were basically offered a grant from Kellogg's. I forgot what it was for or how much. Anyway, it was a sizable grant. The only thing kept us from getting it was that uh, we had university in our name. And that grant was lim limited to colleges. <clears throat> I mean, vice versa. Now, y'all have to excuse me. My brain don't work so hard anymore. But anyway, uh, we, uh, so Dr. Jenkins immediately started everybody getting to think about a university. And that's when we started the, the thing of let's turn that C into a U, and we became a university. Uh, over time, that was the thing that got us going. Okay. I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but I don't get out anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, uh, that's a, a tremendous story. But no, uh, Mike Radford, I wanted to ask you 12 to 15 years later, uh, were those same type of incidents? Were the, were the panty raids still taking place? Just individually in the back seat at the drive in. I don't know how many we have on here now, but I would dare say that there are very few ECU wrestlers, former wrestlers, that did not participate in a panty raid uh, at some sort. Now, also one other thing that occurred while most of us were there is not yeah. only did we uh, panty raid, streaking occurred during the time when we were on campus there, and it made for some very interesting scenes up and down College Road. I remember one, there were two football players that had this gorgeous, striking Corvette riding up and down the hill, not not uh -huh. the least of which, even prettier, was some young lady sitting on the back of the uh, convertible uh -huh. uh, displaying her wares. And anyone that was there during Coach, most anyone during the 72 to 76 Remember yeah. streaking quite fondly in 1974. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were still locked up, I guess, when I was down there. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, East Carolina. I'm so thankful that I ended up going there. You know, I met lifetime friends and just think so much of the place and, and all the people and a lot of the professors. It's only one I'd really like like to shoot. Uh oh. <laughs> well, just, just just to let you guys know that are that are still with us, uh, Bubba's doing everything he can to kind of pull in some of the guys that would be great contributors, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get a couple of you guys on to share what you all know, especially Milt. Yeah, I was going to tell the guys that up in the in the comments section. Um, in Facebook Live and, and also on YouTube, Bubba actually put the link in there 
and he's putting it up there on the on the screen. If you click on that link and then click on Enter Studio, you'll be right in there where we can add you to the show. So that link right there, StreamYard.com, and then um, if you see that right there on the screen, that's what you need to click on, and uh, you click on that, and we can get you in. So just uh, do that for us if you don't mind. And right now, um, Milt, uh, if you if you're tuned in um, the way I'm sure you are, uh, I just or I'm about to email you the link, uh, Tommy Marriott, and then also Tom Marsh. I just emailed you guys the link, so so we should have those three joining pretty shortly. Yeah. Where's Tommy now? He is. Uh, he splits his time between the beautifully cool, crisp summer afternoons up in upstate New York. And then when it gets a little bit chilly up there, I mean, warmer up there, he cold, he goes to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But basically, if you want to find Tom Marriott, look at a golf course. <laughs> He's playing a lot, a lot of golf. But, um, hey, Molly. <laughs> I dropped a dang computer. We see you. We still, we still see you. Mike, but oh, Milt's doing everything he can to get on. Okay, good. I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be looking I'll, for um, Mike, Tom, and excuse me, Milt, hey. Milt, Tom, and Tommy to be joining here shortly. But Mike, talk about the schedule and that you guys wrestled in those days. Um, obviously, we're in the Southern Conference during your years of, of five straight Southern Conference titles, which is just remarkable uh, to win five consecutive championships at anything in any sport. Um, anybody that's competed in athletics knows how hard that is just to win one championship, much less uh, four more when folks are gunning for you to knock you off your perch. So uh, talk about that and just – the teams that were obviously in the Southern Conference during those years and then some of the other programs you guys wrestled? Well, the, the group of guys that I came in with, uh, Tom Marriott, uh, Ron Whitcomb, Bucky, Bucky Baker, and, and Tim McAteer, and forgive me if I've, I've missed anyone, came in in, in the fall of 72. Th that actually was a year or two after the turnaround had already started because William and Mary was dominant up to that point, and then it was not – in the season of 72-73 where East Carolina clipped William and Mary in a dual meet and then went to the Southern Conference Tournament in um, at William and Mary, as a matter of fact, and um, supplanted the, the, the Indians, as they called themselves at that time, as a conference champion. And then for the next four years, was able to, to beat William and Mary, and William and Mary was always the runner-up in that. So we wrestled them in dual meets and also in our own conference tournament. But some of the scheduling, Bubba, that, that we had, we uh, we didn't shy away from it, basically anyone. And, and and during my latter year, 75, 76, my last year, we went to Lehigh and wrestled in a, in a dungeon that they actually affectionately called the pit. And it was uh, very small, very intimate, had about 3,000 folks that could attend a wrestling match. And I, when I was talking about our attendance, there was not an empty seat in that place. And we had Lehigh, Indiana State, and Oregon State in a quad meet where each team wrestled every other team. And 
that was the one year where we actually lost two matches, one to Lehigh and one to Oregon State. So those were the actually only those were the only dual meet matches that our group, Tom and 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 uh, Bucky, Tim and Ron, those were the only dual meets that we ever lost while at East Carolina. Come on, Milt, we're, we're waiting for you. Yeah, we're trying to wait for everybody to come in. Mike, and uh, as far as it, with the with the wrestlers, can you talk about uh, Coach Welburn as far as the practices? I heard where you uh, guys practice, it was extremely hot. The football players, some of the football players have told us that, uh, I think it might have been on the Pat Dye tribute show, how hot it was and uh, when they were doing workouts inside and, uh, and wrestling. And so was that on purpose to have it that hot to get keep the weight down or? Why was it so hot in the wrestling room? Coach, Coach Welcome was say, oh, no, it was never on purpose. That it just happened with all the body sweat that was going on there. But none of us believe that. We, we certainly know that he had the key to the thermostat. And there's there's a story that, that involves a team from up in Pennsylvania. And, and uh, uh, I was um, hoping that certainly Coach uh, – or, or anyone else that was there could come on here. But what, what this was, we, we wrestled up at Westchester State University in, in Westchester, New York. And, and they came to our place the, the next year for a home meet in Greenville. Our coaches were very, very good friends. Um, in the dual match, we won all but one weight class. And the next day in the mid morning, our coach said, God will practice tomorrow at 1030. And the way Coach tells the story, when he saw Milt Collier, was their coach's name, when he saw and heard him announce to his team that we were going to practice together, two teams, and, and do some kind of inter-squad practicing the next day, they, okay. Well, we both showed up, and as Coach Welcome tells the story, um, we've, we had a little break, and the, the – uh, Westchester guys went out in the hall and just literally <laughs> fell on the floor and were basically spent. And here we were, went down and grabbed us a little bit of water and came back in and started right over. And the, the legend of that is those guys, <laughs> according to what has become legend, had no idea that human beings could whip somebody's ass in a match one night and then the next morning show up and with a lot of determination, whip their ass in practice. And uh, if you ever run into anybody that was there, that story is is one of the things about the scheduling that Coach did. did and he gave, he put us before a bunch of good teams, so we were very prepared when postseason play or wrestling uh, took hold. the the great The great mm-hmm. was uh, Bill Hill. Is Bubba? Do you have a record of Bill being on? I do not. Bill has not joined yet. Uh, ho- hopefully, Milt forwarded the forwarded the link to him. Um, if you would, uh, I said I'll, I'll try to follow up and see if we can make it happen. Um, but Mike, go ahead and finish and finish this story, Mike. And then uh, Whitey Whitey was wanting you to talk about. He said the team that practiced with you guys and said and they they thought that, that y'all were monsters because you were so good. It, it, it turned it turned out to be. Um... <coughs> urban legend, the story, but in large part, it actually was true um, because it, ironically, what would happen is you would have wrestled their 150 pounder uh, the night before 
And then the next day you'd be paired against that same 150 pounder. And the, their guys thought that we'd let up a little bit. Um, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> with us right now, we have Mike Rafford. We have uh, with us our pro wrestler for the sports objective, Kyle from LaGrange Barber joining us now off the top ropes, right, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. How are you guys doing? Hey, Kyle, we're doing good. Uh, Coach Welburn had, had a little bit of flu, flu-like stuff of any, you know, at precaution, we chose not to bring him on. And so that's why I'm, I'm sitting here in his place. So certainly understandable, but he's, he's, he's going to be fine. He's, he's probably the healthiest 82 year old in Pitt County. Wow. And we'll need to, when he does get well, we'll have him back on to um, talk some stories and certainly we'll have you guys back. I know that with the wrestling program, um, are there with a talk, I know that was, wasn't it title nine, the reason why we had to, to drop wrestling. Um, no, no comment. Okay. <laughs> all right. But I know that that's one of the things that we always want to make sure of now is with you guys about how, um, special the program is and to honor the program. Um, it just is hard to believe not to have the wrestling program still today if it was that dominant for so long. Well, the one irony about the sport of wrestling is, uh, the growth in wrestling nowadays almost exists in female wrestling. And the, the male, the male part of the sport is going by the wayside of, of, uh, We'll use this term, Dave, gender equity. How about that? Okay. All right. It's funny that, that, uh, you know, Title IX is what uh, did away with so many collegiate wrestling programs and, and, you know, a few other teams, you know, other sports. I think a lot of baseball programs have dropped back then too, particularly in northern schools uh, when Title IX came in. And now, uh, like you said, the growth in the sport is is females. And uh, it was – you know the the reason of uh, equality is kind of what uh what hurt collegiate wrestling. And you know, if all of us will allow ourselves to be reasonable people, m- men in particular, um, women deserve the right to participate in, in athletic activity. I certainly uh, think that more so now than ever before, since I have uh, two twin two year uh, two month old granddaughters. And I fully expect them to follow whatever athletic dream that they have. And certainly with that dream being available to them after high school, I've, the one thing I really heart with my two sons is that if, if you like high school sports and, and you're willing to work hard enough to, to do something in college, it'll be worth all of your efforts. And both of them were able to, to do that. So I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make my granddaughter's as successful as they can with, with uh, any af- athletic endeavor. But if they, if they choose to play harmonic, uh, violins, that's, that's fine by me. It's funny, uh, talking about collegiate wrestling or, or, or female collegiate wrestling. I, I didn't even realize there was such a thing as women's college wrestling until, um, I, I met a young lady. She's a Marine now, but, uh, she was from the Dallas Fort Worth area originally. And, uh, she, um, she was a successful high school wrestler in Dallas. And, uh, was, you know, going to get a scholarship to, I forget what school she was going to go to to be on a women's wrestling team. And, um, also some school out in Iowa and had a, had a major injury 
and uh, just lost a scholarship opportunity, ended up joining the Marines. But until I spoke with this young lady, I had no idea that there was women's collegiate wrestling. I mean, Kyle, I, I couldn't tell you how many actual programs there are, but I would I would certainly concur that the, the likelihood would be that they would be somewhere in the Midwest, the Big Ten, and um, those programs that have always been traditional strong men's program schools. No doubt. Bubba, did you have a question for the guys? I had a couple of comment uh, folks on trying to join in the stream and I'm sending them the link. And, uh, and so I'll read those comments. And the first is from Stan Bastion. He said, Tim and Tom Ellenberger and I were sophomores and coach Welburn became our coach in 1967. We were on the first team to beat Carolina and Duke and state. My coach actually wrestled with us during practice, and, and I've learned a lot from him and went on to be a coach for a short time in my educational career. I just want to say coach is a great person. Can't wait until we can go out to, to eat together again. Stan Bastion. That, 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 Bubba, that brings up a, a point that really needs to be made, and everyone knows it. Um, during these years, most of, the, most of the young men that entered ECU wanted to wrestle, but not only wrestle, but prepare themselves to be able to coach wrestling after they had finished at, at, at ECU. And so I would say the vast majority entered the education field and enabled themselves to coach in high school. And Stan is a great example of that. Just up in Rocky Mountain was where he did his uh, rest, wrestling coaching and athletics and in, in, in uh, administration in school. But if you look around, and Milt made this point to me, not not that long ago that with the attrition of wrestling uh, that what that also did was it precluded East Carolina from sending out these young men who turned out to be great teachers and role models as coaches because uh, they're not they're not being graduates from from East Carolina University. So that's that's one of the number of reasons why dropping wrestling at East Carolina was was a very difficult pill for uh, our our guys to to swallow. And Mike, I just checked. It looks like on Google, there's 48 that are part of a um, the women's wrestling collegiate association or something like that. So uh, 40, 48, uh, I guess at least involved. It may be more, but at least they're involved in that organization. So uh, well, and and uh, another men's program was just announced to be dropped yesterday or the day before, where the Stanford University dropping the eight or ten. Um, athletic sports that they've had and, and wrestling it happens to be just, just one of those casualties. Yeah, dropping 11 actually. And, uh, I believe Stanford sponsored the most sports in, uh, in, in college athletics. 38, I believe it was. So 80, yeah. What happened is 80% of their uh, budget guys was based on the pro- football program, uh, making money for them. So, um, that, that obviously hurts with COVID and who knows what's going to happen with our football season. That's a whole nother show, as they say, but that, uh, that make when 80% of your budget is going uh, for football is going to the rest of your teams. Then I know Kyle, you mentioned East Carolina, you've got to find another way to have different revenues so that if something bad does happen like COVID or where you well, have bad financial predicted this, I mean, nobody could have predicted this crap, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I think pretty much everybody's in the same boat. Where you know your revenue is predicated to football, 
uh, write down the TV contracts, and we all know most of the TV contracts are are because of football. So when uh when you know you're Stanford and you're funding 38 sports and 80 percent of your athletic budget is predicated on football, and then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have trouble funding sports. You look, you know, East Carolina dropped four sports. If, if for whatever reason we play football without fans or we don't play football at all, we're not even able to play it in the spring. You, you know, I don't, I don't, a lot of schools are going to be in bad shape. You're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see more sports cut at a lot of schools if there's no football this fall or this spring. And I think they're going to have to change the requirement for the FBS level from 16 sports down to something else. Cause I think you're going to have schools in the world of hurt. Um, or could they, or could they just wait a few years when things are going to get better and keep it the way it is? Even if it's 16, you know, say, Hey, in two or three years, you you have until, you know, you can make oh, it. You, a five, you mean a five year probational period? Hey, you know, where five years you can get back up to 16 or um, something. Yeah. They're going to have to, if, if football's not allowed to be played in fall or spring, there's going to be a, unfortunately a lot of, a lot of schools in, in, in big time financial trouble. Dave, we actually had another comment from a former wrestler uh, that was emailed to me, so I posted it under um, under our account. Um, you'll see it there in the comments section. But it said, this is Tom Ellenberger, and, and my brother Tim and I were on the first team um, that Coach Welburn had. Um, when he told us he was our new coach, we thought he was as old as we were. Um, the 1970 team also won the North Carolina Collegiate and had – and had the MVP. Great honor to have been coached by Coach Wilburn, and sorry he was unable to be on the program. Uh, we'll certainly look forward to uh, having Coach Wilburn on sometime down the road, and um, certainly prayers to him. And hopefully he doesn't have COVID nineteen, and and he and uh, he's ailed by something else right now. But we certainly look forward to having Coach Wilburn on. No question about it, guys. Uh, what other? Um, there any other? Uh... Are there funny stories that you have? I know you were talking about the penny raid. Kyle missed that out on that. But what uh, what kind of uh, social activities can you talk about? Or uh, you may some of you may have to kill us if you told us. But what can you tell us for a family program G rated uh, that we could uh, have on the show tonight? Um, Bruce Hall, if Bruce is on, I have a story about Bruce um, and a certain NCAA tournament that was held out in Seattle, Washington, the University of Washington. It, was, it would have been the NCAA tournament of 72-73, my first year in Greenville, which I did I did not qualify. I didn't start either. But uh, Bruce won his weight class in the, in the Southern Conference tournament and qualified to go to the NCAA tournament, went out and competed. And after his competitive uh, opportunities were done out there, uh, Coach had rented a couple of uh, rental cars, and as wrestlers are want to do, they, they, when the season is over, they try to eat themselves back to health, they would claim. And these guys were in one of the rental cars driven by Bruce Hall. And to the best of my recollection, the, that rental car did not fare quite so well that night. So, oh, no. <laughs> no, no. No injuries, as the story goes. Yeah. Thunderbender, huh? It, I, I don't, Bruce claims that it, that it was not that much to be concerned about, but uh, it, it is a story that uh, I've heard Bruce tell n- numerous times with a certain amount of pride. Hey guys, uh, Whitey Martin said, talk about losing weight. The only thing I hated about wrestling. 
that's that's universal. Yeah how 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 hard were the uh, I was going to ask about the practices how what how hard was Coach Wilburn on you guys uh, when you had the you know you during the week when you're getting ready for the the next match. Co- Coach had nothing to do with our weight. He 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 coached us wrestling. Uh, he he mentored us on how to do right from wrong. <clears throat> but if you wanted to wrestle for East Carolina, uh, it became apparent who was the best person for for a weight class. And that along with that responsibility is you you made weight. Now, not to say we didn't have a few instances where weights were not made, but I can't recall very many times when an East Carolina wrestler who was being depended on in a weight class did that showed up and did not did not make weight. Now, one story, and everyone listening here that was there when we were there will remember when Appalachian came down to wrestle uh, a home match in Greenville. They showed up about five hours. We had weigh-ins five hours before our meet, so both teams showed up in the locker room ready for side by side, or you know, you, you get on your opponent gets on and then and then the next two come up well when the first two guys jumped on the scales the Appalachian coach all their player all their wrestlers were a pound over overweight yeah they were overweight and the next guy stood up and their next guy was a pound overweight our guys had met no not this story no no we showed up they made weight we were overweight because what happened was their coach, he claims not, but Coach Welburn claims so, told, called coach and said there's going to be a weight allowance because they were wrestling the night before. So ECU's team shows up one weight, one pound overweight. Appalachian shows up on weight. Weigh-ins last an hour, so coach said, guys, you got to go make weight. So we, we put our stuff on and started running. Utilized uh, the natatorium for the humidity and, and heat that was going on in that, but uh, within an hour, ECU uh, had made weight in every weight class. And as the story goes, Appalachian State probably would have wished that we didn't have to go through that one pound weight loss. <laughs> Talk about in wrestling. If you haven't already, I came in late. How important cardio is is is, is, is in, in wrestling is, is it may be more important than almost any other sport. Wow, um, I, I I think strength is first, Kyle. Um, uh, but at, soon soon after that, um, running is is a huge part of training for a wrestling match because talk to anyone who tried to wrestle in high school. And they will tell you that how can people do this for eight, eight minutes? Now, when we wrestled, we had we had a two minute period and two three minute periods. So we had eight minutes. And if you went overtime, you had three additional periods. But the answer to your question is, is car, cardio training is minimally less than strength. But uh, you, you, you understand that you have to be well prepared for that because if you're competing against a wrestler that's very close to you in in in, uh, uh, in ability, then you, you have to win the last 30 seconds, and that's one of the things that East Carolina wrestling prided themselves on. Is when it came down late, we many times, most of the time, would win the last 30 seconds. Would do you agree with that, Michael Bunning? 
Maybe he's on mute, yeah. With East Carolina, many times they didn't have to go extra 30 seconds. <laughs> they were already moving. So they didn't put out a lot of effort after they got down 10 or 15 points. Oh. Yeah, great times. In fact, uh, y'all made it where cardio wasn't an issue. Y'all just got ahead so, so much uh, early in the match that uh, it didn't matter. Kyle, actually, that's probably the way I should have answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I want to put this up on the screen real quick. Um, said, uh, oh, well, I guess Bubba's going to put that up. When I was at ECU, I thought Mike Red was the best wrestler I'd ever seen. He was a stud. My buddies and I took road trips to watch ECU wrestling. We were so proud of our wrestling reputation. Good to see Mike. That's from Bubba Grant, William Bubba Grant. Huh. Dave, the, re the reason I didn't leave the other one up, and that, that was the comment I already read. Okay, I got you. Hey, Bubba, that's nice to, uh, to, to read what you wrote. Thank you very much. And I, I hope that, uh, that you, you and Doug, your, your wife, and I hate, I hate that I can't remember because I, Mary, I attended you guys' wedding. Um, God knows what year that was, Bubba, but it's great. It's great to, uh, hear. And, uh, the next time we do, uh, congregate down around Menjis, we have to get together and, and share our lives because it's been about a full life that we've seen or heard from each other. How many, uh, I was going to ask, how many, how many, uh, wrestlers still keep, do you have a good group of guys that still keep in contact? It seems like you guys were so dominant and just to have the response we've had tonight, people watching, people wanting to be on the show, it seems like you guys have a real, I used to use the term brotherhood or a band of brothers, but it seems like y'all created some bonds that'll never end. Um, that's it. Um, a couple of three years ago when the program was recognized as a team of distinction at letter winner hall of fames, we probably had 30 guys come back, um, from all eras. And the, the cap that I'm wearing now was, was given to us at that, at that function. And it, couldn't it couldn't cite any one particular wrestler or any one particular season or team. It just simply says letter winner, and then it, on the side it says pirate pirate wrestling era. As you can see, in the era that we talk about are the years when John Welburn was was our was our head wrestling coach. So that's from sixty seven to seventy seven. Yep. Yep. Um, the program lasted four more years. Uh, one of our teammates, Bill Hill, the only true All-American at East Carolina, they finished fourth in the NCAA tournament when he was a senior, took the program over for a couple of years, and then the next two years coached by different individuals. And, and then it was, of course, after the 81 season that the, the program was, was discontinued. Yeah. That's a shame. It, it really uh... – Again, how about that, Kyle? 94, 14, and 3 uh, when Coach Wilburn was there in that 10-year period. And we'd love to have some programs now to have that, right? That's dominant. Uh, that's only one word for it. That's dominant. Hey, we have a comment from one of our loyal listeners, um, Johnny Gardner. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. Go. Okay. 
Yeah, Johnny Gardner says college wrestling across the country has faced a tough road. And one of my best friends was an academic All-American at Southwest Missouri State, uh, as it was at the time. Now it's Missouri State, of course. Uh, the program was cut much later than ours. Uh, lots of the former wrestlers there, uh, while still supporting their college in general, give some financial support port to a former conference mate northern iowa these are guys around the 50 year 50 year old mark um i I was a spectator at an invitational at northwestern university in the mid 90s one of the best collegiate sporting events i've ever attended wow um one of your question dave earlier regarding the closest and the camaraderie that we still have it was (coughs) When Coach Welburn contracted uh, lymphoma back in the early 90s, I think this is right, um, we, we all ca- came together and in his uh, support, co- collective enough for an endowed scholarship to be available now for students coming in, uh, athletes coming in to be able to participate. And I think at first it was cross-country kids got this, but the, that endowed scholarship still exists, and it was uh, primarily funded from contributions from former wrestlers. One question I had for you guys, Mike, and I'm glad you mentioned the word scholarship. I was going to ask you a little bit in the show and I forgot uh, a little bit ago, how many scholarships uh, did you guys have? I know the budget was limited, but how many guys, uh, how many scholarships can you have for a wrestling program? And how many guys did you have? I I have no idea. No, no knowledge. Nope. Sorry. Just, understand that it was not what the fully funded programs had. I do know one of the things coach talks uh, proudly about is that he worked very closely with the academic side of campus to reduce uh, tuition for youngsters coming in from out of state where they could get in state tuition as opposed to out of state tuition. Most of our wrestlers came from out of state. And so that was a very big help and probably Help the program as much as anything that that uh, that coach had access to. Yeah, it looks like that you guys did. You had a. We, I know you were talking about you were a walk on. There were a lot of guys that were walk ons then that um, they were uh, participating and and you guys won a lot. I guess it goes to show that you don't have to have like I was talking about earlier the big budget. You don't have to have a whole bunch of uh, scholarships to be dominant. Yes, and I and I have a correction to make. Um, it just it just behooved me to remember that another member of the two uh, the seventy two class was one Michael Whitey Martin. And Whitey, I humbly apologize for not mentioning you in that in that class because you are part of that class, and we we brag we rightfully brag that it was the best class ever to come to ECU. Well, how about three, uh, Kyle, three undefeated seasons? How about that? Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like I said, I mean, their program, the wrestling program in East Carolina was unbelievably dominant. And, I mean, it's a shame that it, it had to be cut. I mean, just to say the obvious, I mean, when you have a program that's that dominant, you, you wonder what goes into these decisions when you, when, you, when you decide what to cut, what not to cut. And we experienced it here recently with swimming. I mean, you wonder why a program that was as dominant as wrestling was was on the shopping block. You know, why not something else? From a spectator's viewpoint, there are a hell of a lot of us really upset 
why would we do away with our best program, regardless of which category you want to put them in, and do away with, with our best, by far best program on campus? Nobody could understand it. And I still hadn't gotten a good explanation. It couldn't have been the money. Well, I guess it could. But I, I just don't think so. I think, well, I, had, I, I think practically. Had, what? My, I think practically the answer to that uh, has a whole lot to do with, with when wrestling was being brought at East Carolina and also during those years, there, there was not a corresponding women's program. Now there is with women's wrestling. If, if, if the school wanted to do that, though, but it's all about, you know, from Title IX to gender equity as, you know, we want to change the, the way we call things. You could drop a wrestling program and not have to add a women's program of some sort to equate that wrestling program. So that's probably as good of an explanation as can be given for why wrestling in large part has been the, the most chopped program in all of college athletics to my knowledge. Anyway, I was going to ask Mike, as far as that very thing, it would have been, I mean, the hindsight is 2020, but could you have added two men? I mean, two men's listen to me, two women's sports to keep, in other words, to keep wrestling. And then that way they have more of a balance. I mean, I, I don't want to get on a show about title nine, but, would that be where that it would have been acceptable to keep the wrestling program? Dave, I, I think, again, it gets back around to the almighty dollar. You know, they, we, we were not, you know, I don't think wrestling ever paid for itself in any year, even those years when we were having great, great fan support and stuff. Um, but um, it, it, it always, almost always comes back to dollars. And I'm, as I'm sure the, the academic P heads in the Ivy League and at Stanford would say that, oh no, it's, but for, I was talking with Bubba. This all gets down to that side of campus always wanting to have their thumbs on athletics in general. You could go over there and you could, you could survey the uh, PhDs. And for the most part, they probably are giggling their, you know, what's off because this is another opportunity that they, put their thumb on athletics in a, in a general manner, especially the Ivy Leagues. How about the fact that guys that Vanderbilt, they just cut their sports information department. Um, so the people that were working in the sports information department, um, they're all going to be gone uh, from Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt is obviously, that made me think about that, Mike. I just heard that today. Um, I can't believe that. Uh, we have Tom McClellan and uh, we have all the great folks there in our sports information department that are great to us behind the scenes. I can't imagine to say, oh, let's get rid of the media people. I know I'm biased because I'm a, a member of the media, but what I just can't it? imagine. Vanderbilt did away with their SIDs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, how are they going to, who's going to communicate with the media for them? They're going to do it all through academics, Ac the academic side of the thing. They're, uh, when Mike said about, that's just a perfect example of a school that's putting their the academic people having the thumbs on. In other words, the athletics program is a part of the uh, the athletics program is a part of academics. Okay, but still, I mean, somebody's going to have to schedule when you, when you want to have uh when you, you want to have Mandy's you know baseball coach on. Somebody's going to schedule it. It, it ain't going to be it ain't gonna be a history professor. So I mean, who's <laughs> right. 
according to what I saw, Kyle, in the article, uh, and I'll put this on our Facebook page and also our other social media accounts, but essentially what I saw in the article, it said that the athletics communications would fall under the communications department at, at the university. So we'll see how that goes. Like you said, they better plan on those uh, communications folks on just at the university um, carrying a lot more weight because I can imagine, you can imagine the volume of requests that I think they'll have a better appreciation for the athletic communications does. I mean, you're talking about the SEC. I mean, so uh, they're, is it still the same guy? Did, did they fire the, the, the football coach? I can't think of his name. Uh, guy that's been there for a while. Who's the football coach of Andy now, Bubba? Derek Mason. Yeah, you got Mason in football. You got Jerry Stackhouse as their basketball coach and their baseball coach. I can't think of his name, but God knows their baseball program is a national championship. Yeah, so I mean, it'll be a lot of work for those people in their regular communications department with all the. Uh, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. I would imagine, uh, and I know that's not why we're here, but I would imagine once the COVID stuff is over in a couple years, you'll see Vandy bring back their SIDs. Well, you guys, Bobby, probably the source here is that wasn't that many years ago that Vanderbilt University eliminated the athletic director's position in their athletic program. Wow, I didn't realize it. <laughs> it was within 10 years that they said, we don't need you or your position, and they literally just cut it. Now, I don't know subsequent to that whether they've kind of rethought that and they have an AD now, but I do know that to be a fact. Well, then they can see if they're going to be that that unserious about athletics. They can they can leave that uh you know that that hundred million dollars a year or whatever it is from the SEC behind and uh you know let East Carolina go take their spot in the SEC. <laughs> well, what they want to do is they want to take that money, uh, Cal, that's from the SEC, and they want to put it into academics and not athletics and very little. They don't to them. Athletics is more like a recreational activity and not what we all in this program have it. You know, we have it high on a pedestal that they don't have. Well, you, you can't. You, I mean, you gotta, you gotta create a hazard media. I understand. I agree. Vanderbilt's a very prestigious school academically, but you know, I think Duke, uh, does it pretty well. Obviously they, they, they're Northwestern. a high caliber academic school. And, uh, obviously we all know what Duke basketball is and football's improved and baseball's improved and, and they do well in Olympic sports, so Duke would be a, an equal an equal to Vanderbilt, and they're able to meet a balance. So why can't Vandy? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Mike, and then, and then I'm going to chime in with something regarding the scholarship discussion we were having earlier as it pertains to wrestling. I, I, I was just saying, you know, for the I just wanted to say a, a great thanks to those that. The, uh, that came on and were interested enough to make the effort to, to, to get this thing right. Um, and wanted to comment. I, 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 I'm beyond, I, I know how much each and every one of us love John Wellborn. And one thing that we all need to do as, as often as we can is just drop a phone call. And, and because the man, one of the things this was about was to give him one more opportunity to talk about wrestling and, and our relationships with him and all those stories and stuff. And, um, so stay stay in touch with him as much as you guys can. No question about it. And uh, I think we need to maybe what we can do, Mike, is have you guys back on uh, with Coach when he's feeling better uh, in the coming weeks. I know in the next few weeks um, we'll, we'll obviously 
whenever that is, we'll make time for you guys. And we, I just wanted to say too, uh, I want to make sure that you guys know how special you are to me. I hate that. Um, there are times that you wish you could go back in a time machine and I wish I could go back and see you guys wrestle because I've heard all those stories and it'll be inter- interesting. I know Kyle and Bubba and I, we could be on the bleachers there and Menji's, uh, watching you guys, but unfortunately there is no such thing as a time machine, but I wanted to appreciate, uh, tell you guys how much you appreciate it. And we didn't forget. And that's one of the reasons why we do the show. Right. Th- thanks, David. I'll tell you what, let's do this, this fall when we get back to somewhat normalcy and we're doing, doing a tailgate there. Um, I can, with the assistance of Bubba, find out where you are and I could probably gather two or three of my teammates and we come over and just shake hands and say hello. Hey, David. Earlier we had, I wanted to chime in with that comment, uh, from one of our viewers regarding the scholarships. Um, Mike, I'm going to put it on the screen there. Uh, you can help me with the pronunciation. Uh, but, but he was saying that, I thought we had five scholarships in 1972 and later had seven. I know I got a hundred dollars a quarter and after proving myself, uh, or after proving myself as a walk on. Uh, that to me, that sounds very probable that th- those amounts probably represent pretty much what the scholarships were. Now, I don't know whether the, uh, in-state tuition thing figures into that or not, but Tim McAteer was in our class and he, he should know. The nineties, I can tell I remember tuition was um was so cheap, guys. Six hundred and forty eight dollars each semester. Um that's not including books. So things were so cheap even in the nineties, and then all of a sudden every time you turn around, we have to keep in, um increasing tuition and and um don't get me started on on, on college loans, um uh, for sure. But that's a whole nother I'm in the wrong business as they say. But um anyway, uh I think uh I want to thank both all of you guys for being on for uh, Mike Bunning and uh, Mike. Thank you so much for all you've done for East Carolina and being a great alum. Um, uh, we have it's great to learn about more about you guys in the past, and certainly um, that's what we try to do to try to have. Speaking of a happy medium, Kyle, to to be able to celebrate the past and our history, but also embrace the new things that are uh, coming for the uh, the program as far as athletic programs too. Thank you guys tonight for being on and uh, definitely want to have coach on and please uh, pass along how much he means to us and yep. we want him and our well wishes to get better. We'll do it guys. Well, you guys um, take, take it easy. Take a football weekend. But I don't believe we're going to have a football team this year. Uh, come on now. Let's, let's, let's let the Mr. Optimistic Bunning rear his head. No. Michael, tell, I, tell it. Hey, I'll be miserable. We don't have football. Um, you're speaking. You're, you're speaking for the choir, Michael. No question yeah, about it. We'll give it a shot anyway. Um, All right, Michael. Tell your bride Molly. Be nice. Yeah, she's right here. Oh, I've got my head in here. That's the only reason he didn't show up with no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we needed that. 
Well, here on the sports objective, <laughs> pants are optional, right, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But the fact that his daughter is watching, and I didn't think she wanted to see him on a podcast with no pants on. Hi, Heidi. Yeah. It takes me a while. <laughs> All right. This, you, you is, guys, uh, this has been wonderful. It really has. You guys do a great job. And um, hopefully we'll get John well on the road to recovery and you can spend some time with him. Yep, that's sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's right. All home games, I, I go over and uh, uh, mooch off of John. He saves the room for me from home, home ball games. So I'm gonna miss that this year. Oh well. Right, if we, I could we, make, if I could have made it this year, it'd been 56 years I hadn't missed a home game. Wow. Well, maybe that's more reason for us to. We'll see how things play out in the next. Uh, I think it's crucial the next few weeks, right, guys? By early August, uh, for sure, it will yeah. have a whole new meaning. I. I, I I do not think we will go a calendar year without playing football. I, I think if it doesn't get played in the fall, it'll get played in the spring. Boy, I dread to think about it. All right, I man. This is, all right. This is, this is a former 190-pounder signing off. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Appreciate it very much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dave. Dave yes, sir. Thank, thank you. you, Michael. Appreciate it very much. Hope you have a great night, sir. Thank Take you care. for all Good the night. Thank you all. Well, Kyle, that was a great show. I enjoyed it. And uh, I think Bubba, let's see if I can get him back in real quick. There we go, Bubba. I know that. Appreciate you setting this up, man. We love Mike. And he's always been supportive of the podcast. And we want to thank all the wrestlers for uh, coming on and make sure um, next time we have Coach Wilborn, uh, Wilborn have him uh, definitely better than uh, we'll have him on in the coming weeks. And uh, I know we'll have the wrestlers. We'll have them on uh, as well for sure. Yeah, we appreciate uh, Mike coming on. Uh, Mike Rafford and Mike Bunning. And uh, we look forward to hopefully having Coach John Welburn on uh, once his health issues uh, get cleared up. And like I said, I mean, that nothing has been confirmed. He was just having those COVID-19 symptoms. So um, better safe than sorry. But thank you to everyone for chiming in. Uh, we, we apologize we couldn't get some folks uh, added to the live stream. We did we did everything the way we've done it for three months. So I have no idea. It may have been some issues with the software, but um, it, it's simply nothing more than clicking the link that we send you. So I don't know what the issues were, but we apologize. Um, there's nothing more that we could have done from our part. Yeah, no question about it. And guys, uh, I know we've got 50 fires in uh, 50 days. We have that going on right now. So we'll have more of that for uh, folks. No trivia tomorrow night. So we're taking a break from trivia. And then I know, Bubba, we got some great shows coming up, too, on Tuesday night. Yeah, next Tuesday night, we'll catch up on the first part of the show at 7 p.m. We'll be Rachel Barbeau from Sirius XM. Uh, Rachel does an excellent job on a number of topics. I mean, she talks about college athletics and major issues going on, but she travels around and talks to these guys, uh, gets in front of them, and tells her story. Um, she was a victim of domestic abuse, and so she – 
she goes around and certainly makes a difference for something much more important than football or men's basketball, whatever the sport may be. And then the second part of the show, we'll catch up with Curtis Thiemann from Port City Films, East Carolina alum, who uh, is in his third year of doing the entrance video. Hopefully we'll have football to have an entrance video for, but whether it's 2020 or the spring of 21, um, that, that entrance video will be once again produced by Curtis Thiemann and all the great folks at Port City Films. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys thought about it, the announcement of the Big Ten uh, going um, – not yet. Only with uh, with games. Rumor that the ACC is going to do the same. Um, I really uh, what, what I want to, you know, I got a feeling the SEC is going to end up being the one that's going to go screw you guys. We're playing ball, um, if at all possible. Uh, you know, what I want to know is if everybody decides to go conference only. Okay, what happens to the independents? Do, uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, well, I figure maybe the Notre, Notre Dame would probably be the easiest. The ACC would probably just adopt them in for a year. Um, but, you know, you, you, and same with BYU. I mean, the Mount West, somebody might help them out. But somebody like Liberty, somebody like UConn or UMass, I mean, uh, what do they do? So um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out if we play ball. And I, who knows at this point, man? I, it, things are getting stranger every day. Um, I'm just, you know. You know, WRLSportsFan.com uh, sent you guys uh, in, in a text. ACC announces that it's going to delay the start of all sports competition to at least September 1. September 1st, which wouldn't affect football. Um, but there, there is the rumor, and it was per, I think it's per McMurphy. I think it was per Brett McMurphy is saying the ACC is, is either considering doing the same thing or is going to do the same thing. But that's not official. But uh, normally McMurphy's pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, with Stadium Sports, so Brett McMurphy, so um, definitely a reputable guy. So um, who knows maybe what's going to happen? Podcast when we ask him to come on. So maybe we shouldn't give him any props. <laughs> he respectfully declined. But uh, anyway, uh, all is good. We're going to uh, definitely have a great time, guys, with the upcoming programming, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I'm hoping um, that we have uh, football. I do agree with you, Kyle. It's going to be – I believe it will be potentially delayed or spring. I'm hoping the COVID cases will go down. Um, we'll look at uh, at that. And um, just a tough situation. I thought we we would be done talking about COVID by now. And be on the other side, and we're still talking about outbreaks. So, especially in the South, if you're a college football fan, please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. That's all I'm saying, because that's going to help us um, beat COVID a lot faster. And people, um, if you don't have to go places, stay home. So, uh, Bubba Grant says, "Ridiculous to play conference only. They're they're spread out too far. Keep it regional." Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that. If you if you're trying, well, maybe not with the Big Ten. I, I guess the Big Ten kind of is regional. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I, I guess it is still a good way from like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania or, or New, or, you know, New York or New Jersey with Rutgers to, uh, Maryland. Yeah. To, it's a, to Missouri, not Missouri, Minnesota. But nonetheless, I agree. I, I really don't know what that does. Um, particularly like if you're the American and you go conference only, what does that do? Um, regional would make more sense rather than conference only. Um, so. Uh, who the hell knows? Who knows what's going to happen at this point? 
I, I just, I, I just hope we're playing football, guys. I, I, I know y'all. I know everybody feels the same way. And yeah. It's COVID cases are going up, but the, you know the mortality rate's getting better. Um, I, I, according to Dr. Bream, it looks like we might have a spike in deaths this week. But up until this week, uh, you know, last week for CDC report was July fourth. He said those that that was a little behind, but only seventy four deaths nationwide. He said we're going to have over three thousand this week, so that's going back up in the wrong direction with deaths. But um, prior to this week, the, the the mortality rate was getting a lot better. Um, uh, so we'll see. All right, Bubba, you have anything before we go? I know you already touched on it briefly, uh, mentioning 50 Pirates in 50 Days, but just uh, definitely check those interviews out if you have not already done so. Go back to um, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, also SoundCloud and Anchor. They have those uh, 50 Pirates in 50 Days with nothing but the audio. As you can tell, I'm on the Greenway with some uh, cyclists coming by, but yeah, those 50 Pirates in 50 Days, we caught up with Grant Lowe, Fred Hicks, and then um, more recently, Kurt Von Bargan. And then this morning, uh, we caught up with uh, Richard Koontz. So those four interviews have been very good. And when we, when we were probably averaging close to 450 views uh, slash listens on Facebook alone. So definitely go and check those out. We appreciate those guys joining us, and we appreciate everyone tuning in. No question about it. And, uh, guys, thank you very much. I want to thank Mike Radford, Mike Bunning, all the players chiming in. And I hope Coach Wilburn gets better, uh, obviously, in the coming weeks. And we'll have him back on uh, very soon when he does. All right, uh, Bubba and Kyle, uh, thank you so much for being on. Uh, you've been watching and uh, listening to the uh, as we honor the wrestling program at East Carolina University, the Forgotten Dynasty, right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. You've been listening to the Sports Objective Podcast. Join us next time as the guys will be objective, and the objective is sports.